As you know, we're in the, uh, the midst of a series of sermons focusing on the fruit of the Spirit as we read about them in Galatians 5.22. And this morning, we're looking at kindness and goodness. And I found it very interesting that the day that Clay asked me to preach this morning on these subjects, I had two very different experiences that took place. First of all, I was reading our neighborhood newsletter. You probably get it too. It comes once a week. And the section that I always find interesting is right in the middle. It's called Ticked Off, where people write about what bugs them, what bothers them. And one man began his writing, and he entitled it Life's Annoyances, by saying how he began each day by reading scriptures and trying to adhere to them. But then he confessed, when I'm told to love my fellow man as myself, I'm afraid I fall short. Following that was a long list of all the complaints about the things that he didn't like including the increasing price of gas, trash on our beautiful streets, soda cans, cigarette butts, sandwich wrappers, injury lawyers who incessantly advertise that they can get you millions, Joe Maymouth, who is constantly advertising for Medicare, having to watch close-up pictures of skin rashes on television while you're eating breakfast, being told by restaurants how much you should tip, drivers who follow too closely, healthy people who have handicapped parking stickers, people who don't cover their mouth when they cough, maintenance repair workers who say they'll be there at 10 o'clock and they never show up before 11, having to listen to recorded messages when you call a business, or I would add lousy music, instead of talking to some person. And his list kept on going. What a charming neighbor he must be. I mean, reading the Bible every day has really made a difference. Can you imagine what he'd be like if he didn't read the Bible every day? Then compare that to a second story that I heard just shortly thereafter. It was on the news. It was about a Tennessee family that went to New York City for fall break. And for some reason, they don't know why, a homeless man decided to attack their 10-year-old son in front of their hotel across from Central Park. Among other things, he broke the boy's nose and then quickly disappeared into Central Park before the police could catch him. But here's the good part. Just when you think that they would never want to go back to New York City again, some other things started happening. People rushed to their aid. A doorman came with a bag of ice for his face. The hotel they were staying in upgraded their room and then comped it. A restaurant gave them a free meal. When asked if they would be in a hurry to get back to New York, the family said, as soon as we can. They thought the people were wonderful in spite of one negative occurrence. Do you see the difference that kindness and goodness make in our world? And in a struggling, ugly world like ours today, they are so much needed. 
not just as things we talk about on Sunday morning, but as things we put into practice daily in each of our lives. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, the fruit of the spirit is kindness. And then he goes on in another letter, the letter to the Ephesians, to give us a good description of what kindness is. He says, put away falsehood and let everyone speak the truth. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. We had an elder in our church in Memphis who said one time he and his wife agreed to that when they got married. He said, sometimes we stay up for nights at a time. <laughs> Do not make room for the devil. Let no evil come out of your mouth. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and slander and clamor and malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So how would you describe kindness in your own words? The biblical word for kindness, the Greek word, meant an attitude or disposition of the mind that thinks as much of others as it does of oneself. Kindness is as much concerned with the feelings of others as it is with one's own feelings. Kindness is as much concerned with the sorrows and the struggles and the sufferings of others as it is with one's own. Kindness is looking out for others as much or even more than you look out for yourself. But let's be honest here. This kindness we read about in the Bible, this fruit of the spirit that we're supposed to acquire is not a natural thing. It is not natural to love our neighbor as you love yourself, or especially to love your enemies as Jesus said we should do. It's not natural to turn the other cheek, to go the second mile, to forgive those who offend us over and over and over again. It's called the fruit of the spirit because you can only acquire it when you have and develop a close relationship with God, a relationship through which God's power flows into your life, enabling you to do these things that are not natural. It only comes as a result of our relationship with God. It's not a cause that leads to it. The poet William Woodsworth wrote in his poem, Tintern Abbey, the best portion of a good man's life, his little nameless, unremembered acts of kindness and of love. And nowhere are those words better expressed than in the writing of an 18th century French monk by the name of Etienne Grulet who said, I shall not pass through this world but once. If there be, therefore there be any kindness I can show or any good things I can do for any fellow creature, let me do it now. Let me not defer it nor neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. 
And wouldn't he have been a great neighbor to have? I'll never forget about 30 years ago, 1992, when I was living in Memphis, I read in our newspapers about a restaurant in Nashville called Mario's. Mario's is still a legendary restaurant. But back in 1992, the article said how the owner of Mario's saw four disheveled men on the sidewalk in front of his restaurant, picking through garbage, looking for food. So what did he do? He had a special table set up for these four men, and he served each of them a $150 steak dinner, complete with white linen napkins, a staff of waiters to take care of their every need. Now, for some people, that might seem crazy. I wonder what Jesus thought about it. Kindness means being as much concerned for the needs and sufferings of others as you are for your own. Kindness is what inspires people to sign up and volunteer for things like Room in the Inn or Walk Through Bethlehem or the list goes on and on here at Woodmont of outreach ministries that you want to be involved in. Then the next fruit of the Spirit is goodness. The ancient Greek dramatist Euripides once wrote, when good men die, their goodness does not perish, but lives though they are gone. As for the bad, all that was theirs dies and is buried with them. As Christians, we are called to love good and hate evil to seek good, not evil. We are called to focus on goodness, to love goodness, to do goodness. And in our scripture this morning from Romans 12, Paul says, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then a little later in the New Testament in Thessalonians, Paul goes on to say, See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always do good to one another and to all. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So again, the fruit of the Spirit includes goodness. But again, I ask you, what does goodness mean to you? What does it mean to be a good person? I've always loved the story about two brothers who were members of the church. They gave very well to the church because they were very rich and they wanted other people to think that they were really good Christians. In reality, however, they weren't so good at all. They cheated in their business dealings. They ran around on their wives. They abused their children and their friends. In reality, they were anything but good one day, one of the brothers had a heart attack and died. The other brother came to the preacher and said, Reverend, I've got a check right here that will cover the total expense of that new building that the church wants to build. And I will give it to you on one condition that at my brother's funeral, you will tell the people that he was a good man. 
Well, you know, preachers, they're always glad to get those checks. And usually at funerals, we try to think of something good to say. So the preacher took the check, deposited it immediately in the church's account. And then at the funeral service, the preacher said, this man who died was a liar, a cheat, a scoundrel. He ran around on his wife. He abused his family. He abused his friends and his business associates. But you know, compared to his brother, he was a good man. <laughs> so what does goodness mean? What does it mean to be a good person? Again, the Greek word used in the, the Bible for goodness means to be exemplary, honorable, and producing good results. Because a person is practically and morally sound. That's the definition. Again, it is the result of our relationship with God, not the cause of it. Now, I wonder if you saw the text for this morning or have read in Galatians, if you've noticed the fact that in the Pew Bible translation you have, the New Revised Standard Version, Galatians 5.22 describes the fruit of the Spirit, but it doesn't say goodness. It says generosity. Where did that come from? I read at least eight other translations going back to the King James and so forth, and every one of them, with the exception of the Pew Bible we have, says goodness, not generosity. Did some preacher who was trying to raise the budget change the word from goodness to generosity? Well, I did read one commentary which said, goodness includes being generous because if you truly care for the needs of others and not just your own, you will be generous in trying to help others. Goodness includes being generous in using what God has entrusted to you, your time, your treasure, and your talents to help others who are less fortunate. And by the way, while we're talking about generosity, why is, is being generous so important? It's because generosity towards others reduces stress, supports physical health, enhances your sense of purpose, helps fight depression, and even has been shown to increase your lifespan. So while I still prefer the word goodness in Galatians 5.22 in the list of the fruit of the Spirit, I will accept generosity as being an important part of goodness. Our world has so many challenges today. People often ask me, well, what can I, one individual, do in a world that has such major problems today? And the answer that I always give to anybody who asks me is all you can do is just live each day the way that Jesus told you to live each day, practicing these things that Jesus told us to do and hopefully reflecting these fruit of the Spirit. Kindness and goodness are absolutely necessary if we are to love others the way that Jesus loves us. As is often said in 12-step meetings, be the change you want to see. 
be what you hope to see in our world instead of what we have to such a great extent today. So if you want to see a kinder, gentler, more caring world, be kinder, gentler, and more caring yourself. Fred Craddock, who was probably the best known preacher we've ever had in the Christian church, and he preached one of his last sermons from this pulpit, he wrote the following words. He said, when I was in my late teens, I wanted to be a preacher. When I was in my late 20s, I wanted to be a good preacher. Now that I am older, I want more than anything else to be a Christian, to live simply, to love generously, to speak truthfully, to serve faithfully, and leave everything else up to God. Amen to that. Let me end with a little story that was originally going to be the title of my sermon, but uh, it didn't quite make it. But my daughter, Kari, Clay's sister, has a three-year-old son named Hunter who is a thousand percent all boy, nonstop all boy. The things that he has already said and done are legendary. His mother said, you know, we talk about the terrible twos, but I'm really thinking it's the threes. One of the things that Hunter loves to do is to sit in the car and play with all the switches and the buttons. The other day she told me that when she got back home, Hunter was wanting to get back into the car to play with all those switches. She said, I gently but firmly looked him straight in the eye and I said, Hunter, close the door. Hunter looked right back at her straight in the eye and said, as only a three-year-old can say, be kind and don't be rude. <laughs> I can only conclude that he's getting some pretty good lessons in Sunday school. But I want to end today with the message of a three-year-old that reflects what Jesus said, be kind and don't be rude.